Hi, I'm Sarah Baker. Welcome to Mama Stories. I created Mama Stories after seeing how impactful sharing stories can be in overcoming the challenges of motherhood. I am where I am today because of the stories of so many amazing strong mamas. And I want to share that with anyone I can. So follow along to laugh, cry, and be empowered. Welcome back. We have Ahuva with us again. So for those of you who tuned in last week, Ahuva's back. Thanks for being back with us. Thank you for having me. Yes. Okay. So for those maybe who haven't listened to last week's episode, just tell us a little bit about who Ahuva is. So I'm a registered dietitian with a pediatric-based practice in Toronto, and I support families in reducing mealtime stress, creating successful mealtimes, and support parents in reducing the mental overwhelm that so many of us feel with feeding our families. Yes, stressful mealtime. I hear you. I've experienced it. <laughs> I'm still experiencing it. <laughs> I, think, I think all of us have experienced a little bit of that at least. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Okay, so today you have a special um uh, episode for us where you are going to give us five tips to reducing mealtime stress. And definitely. F- and for those who want all 10, cause you actually have 10 total tips. Uh, we're going to have a link below in the episode for you guys to click on, um, to get the 10 total tips of reducing mealtime stress. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So let's walk through them. What is tip number one? Tip number one is to expose your child to new foods when they're actually hungry. Okay. Which sounds pretty simple, um, but, you know, for any parent who's listening, I really want you to think back to, um, you know, when the last time your child said to you, you know, mommy, I'm hungry, right? And we were speaking a little bit about this in the previous episode, um, but so often as parents, you know, we do such a good job of making sure that our kids are never hungry. I think that, you know, I say this to moms all the time. I think that if someone else heard your child say, you know, mommy, I'm hungry, you may as well like take a big red marker and like write F on a mom's forehead, right? Like <laughs> that's how so many of us feel. Like how can our kids be hungry? Yeah. Um, but really, you know, if you sort of think about it, if you're sitting down at a table and the, you're kind of not really so hungry, you maybe just ate something. If there's a delicious looking cake, or your favorite, you know, whatever it is, would you eat it? Probably. Yes. <laughs> if there was broccoli on the table, would you eat it? Probably not, right? Um, and so, you know, my philosophy is always, as even with younger kids, with kids who are you know, two or three, to institute a kitchen's clothes policy after the hour before mealtime. Um, or, you know, use that time to expose your kids to new vegetables. If you want to put them on, you know, a veggie tray and say sort of like, here's what's available now. Um, but when we give snacks within the hour of mealtime, we're sort of setting ourselves up for mealtime stress because the likelihood is our kids are going to fill themselves up on that and not be showing up to the table hungry. Mm. Yeah. I think that that's so hard because sometimes I do that. Like Grayson and I are not, Mm -hmm. we're not on the same like eating schedule some days. And so I have a snack. And so in turn, he wants a snack and that sometimes can make the rest of the day seem really off. And I think that's a really good point because I fed him maybe when he wasn't actually really hungry. Totally. So, I mean, I think that there's two ways to think about that as a parent, right? Either is figuring out, um, you know, how to 
work with that schedule or just changing your expectations, right? Like knowing at that, of that night, he might not eat the new food you're putting on the table or he might not eat tons when you're sitting down to dinner if you know that he had a snack, right? So it doesn't have to be about being perfect with it every night, but on the nights where maybe something, you know, went a little bit different in the afternoon, we know that our kids are probably not showing up to dinner that hungry. Yes, for sure. All right, what is tip number two? So the second thing is to encourage non-eating food interaction. That is not a real word. I made it up. Okay. Make up lots of words. But a non-eating food interaction is really just what it sounds like, is ways to interact with new foods that don't actually involve you putting them in, in your mouth. Because especially with picky eaters, especially with kids that we're trying to introduce new foods to, we as parents only pat ourselves on the back, um, you know, when kids have actually tried the new food, right? But when we can reduce the stress at mealtime and we can take it down a notch, um, actually being able to interact with the new food, so to see it, to smell it, to lick it, to even put it in their mouths and spit it out, which so often we get so upset at our kids for doing, but that's a way to, you know, experience the food. All of that is completely worthwhile in being able to learn the the different, you know, textures of food and learn the different, you know, the scent, all of our senses to be able to experience that food, right? So, you know, if you're smelling a food, you can imagine what it tastes like. If you're picking it up, you can almost imagine what it's, what it feels like in your, in, you know, your mouth. So, yeah. um, you know, whether it's having your kids pick up the cucumber to put into the salad for you, or whether it's, um, you know, I often ask parents to even, you know, let their kids pick up a piece of broccoli from your plate and feed it to you. Um, all of those interactions, we have to start celebrating those as a, as a, you know, very, very distinct, um, you know, step on the map to getting our kids to trying new foods. And I will say too, the celebrating thing, I, I don't know if this is an age or if it's just Grayson, but lately when we celebrate him trying a new food, he is more like willing to try another food or to even continue to eat the food that he tried. Like he really likes that mm-hmm. attention right now for like, yay, good job. You're awesome. We're going to take a picture or something really totally. big or something so really I, small. He loves that. Yeah. So I would just, you know, as parents, like just keep in mind, right. Celebrating anything. Like if, you know, if parents, if kids, if it's a big deal that a new food went on their, on their plate, be like, Oh, that's great. You put it on your plate tonight. Or even, you know, it's celebrating things that we're trying to achieve at mealtime that have nothing to do with food, right? So thinking about celebrating things like, thank you so much for sitting at the table with us the whole time. You did such a great job sitting. You did such a great job, you know, um, like using your napkin so nicely. You know, you did such a great job holding your water cup with two hands, like mommy told you to, right? All of those things just reinforce the idea that, that the table is somewhere that you want to be. Um, and you know, that it's a comfortable place to be as opposed to a place where you keep on as a kid getting reminded, like, don't pick up your cup like that. You know, don't wipe your, you know, all of those yeah. things that as parents, we all still say, right? That's true. Yeah, for sure. Okay. What is tip number three? Tip number three is allow your kids to make a mess. And this mm. is such a difficult one for so many families. Uh, but making a mess is okay. And often, you know, kids know that we can do things better than them, right? I don't think it's it's a it's a secret to a lot of kids that like I'm more efficient at doing a lot of things than my children are, right? Because they're still learning skills, right? Yeah. Um. So they don't need to be reminded that you know we can get the fork into their mouth easier than they can. 
Um, and so often we as parents like try and preempt the mess and clean up the mess and like, you know, I'll just do it for you because there's going to be a mess. And the mess is really important in terms of learning and in terms of just giving the kids the freedom to have fun with the food that they're eating. Um, so really just embracing the mess. Like I encourage parents to not, unless you have a child who is bothered by, by being dirty, some kids, you know, really are, my kids don't seem to care, um, you know, hands off until the end of the meal. And then you can, you know, don your hazmat suit and clean up the whole area if you want to, but wait until the end of the meal to clean up a mess instead of, um, you know, getting involved right away and trying to clean up like after every single bite. Yeah. Grayson does not care about being messy when it comes to food. Um, but he's very funny about getting messy any other way. But with food, yeah. he, like, really loves to, like, just sit in it. And that's hard. Totally. It's hard not to clean that up. Totally. It's so, I mean, I'm, I'm like, very type A, so it's definitely, I'm, like, mm. breathe through it. Breathe through it. Don't <laughs> clean up the mess. Just let it be. And then afterwards, you can go at it. Like, please, feel free to clean up your, you know, clean up afterwards. But, um, so it's not an easy one, but it is really important for our kids to feel like they have that freedom to be able to do that. Yeah. That's really cool. I think that's a good tip. Yeah. Okay. Tip number four. Get rid of your screens, mm. which is a really big one for a lot of parents. And a lot of parents will say, you know, um, but my child eats so much better when they're, when they're in front of a screen, right? Like I can put anything in front of them. Right. Um, and that's true. Um, but I always, you know, ask parents, I call it the popcorn preview phenomenon. Again, word that I made up. But, um, you know, I always say there's only two people who show up to a movie, right? That you, you, we've all done it. Like you buy the extra large, like jumbo. They don't even advertise it on the, on the, uh, you know, screen size popcorn, like the one you have to ask for. And they bring out the big buckets in the back. Um, and you sit down to a movie and you're like, this is fantastic. It's going to last me the entire movie. It's amazing. I'm going to enjoy every bite. And before the previews are even done, the popcorn is gone. You're like, excuse me, who stole my popcorn? I need to file a complaint with you know, with the, with the uh, movie theater, because you don't even remember eating it or you get so distracted by the movie um, that you haven't had any of your popcorn until the end, right? There's only two different kinds of people, but it becomes really hard to listen to your tummy and see, you know, how much food do I actually need? um, And what am I even actually eating? Right. When you're, when you're watching a screen, so while you know you might be able to get carrots into your child when you are when they're in front of a screen, um, they didn't even remember that you got them into them, right? Or that they ate them. And what we're really looking for for kids is not only did they eat them tonight, but have they learned about that food enough that maybe in ten years they're still going to be eating it, yeah. right? Um, so that doesn't happen in front of a screen. Okay. I think so that's a good if point. we're consistently we're for consistently eating meals in front of a screen um, in order to, you know, bring a better and more successful meal time. My, my tip would be to get rid of the screen as much as possible. Yeah. I will say Grayson eats breakfast sometimes and watches a show. And mm-hmm. that is, that is a really good tip because there are days when he, I mean, breakfast is pretty easy for Grayson. We don't really introduce a lot of foods then, but um, yep. He, there are times he won't eat very much and then he does end up snacking throughout the day more. 
And I bet if I paid attention, it's because it was a new show or he was super interested. And it's not that he wasn't hungry. It's just that he didn't eat it. And so then it kind of sets the whole day up for a spiral with food. That's a really good tip. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Tip number five. Okay. So tip number five is to have a refusal plate. So that just means that there's a plate where if your kids don't want something that's on their plate, they can put it somewhere else. So you can either call it a refusal plate or a no thank you plate um, or an undone plate, but it's just a plate where if your kids really feel uncomfortable with having new foods on their plate, um, they can put it on a different plate. So number one, this avoids, you know, our kids throwing food on the floor, which a lot of parents say that, you know, if they put something new on their kid's plate, it goes immediately on the floor, which none of us want. But also it's twofold. Our kids feel comfortable enough having something on their plate very often because they know they can take it off, right? Um, it's like if you, you don't try on a shirt and you're like, I know if it's uncomfortable, I can put on another one, right? So if yeah. you remove the uncomfortable thing, um, you're, you become more comfortable trying something. Also, it gets us one of those um, non-eating food interactions that I was talking about, right? Because they have to pick it up and touch it and interact with the food in order to put it somewhere else. Yeah. Um, so it's sort of, you know, a win for us and a win for them. And it makes less mess, less food waste, um, all of those kind of great things. So just putting, you know, a simple plate, like it could be like a tea saucer next to your child's plate and just say, like, if you don't want whatever it is on your plate, just feel free to pick it up and, and put it somewhere else. And do you find that when parents implement that specifically, that maybe like the first couple of nights, it's a lot of things on that plate or a lot of that item. Yep. And then over time, it's Definitely. slowly. Okay. Cause Definitely. The, Cause that's what I imagine would happen if I did that. There would be a lot on, which brings us back to something we talked about in the previous episode, where I think as parents, we want to then give up. We want to be like, never mind, yeah. no more refusal yeah. plate, no more, no thank you plate because- right. You do totally. too much versus allowing that process to naturally happen. Exactly. These are really good tips. I'm really glad I, I wrote them down just so I didn't forget <laughs> them as we were talking about them. But now I'm going to take them and get the other 10 you're going to, or other five you're going to give me. Definitely. Um, so I'm excited about that. Awesome. Okay. I just want to go through them again. If I mess it up, please correct me. But tip number one, expose your kids when they're actually hungry to new foods. Okay. Tip number two is the non-eating food interaction. Exactly. Tip number three, allow your kids to make a mess. Mm -hmm. I say that carefully. I know. (laughs) I know. "Ah." Um, Okay. (laughs) Tip number four, get rid of screens. Yes. And then tip number five, refusal plate or no thank you plate. Exactly. Awesome. Ahuva, those are great tips. I'm excited for the parents that are listening to implement them. And then, of course, as we mentioned before, um, there's a link below. You can um, get access to all 10 tips. There's also a link um, for you to contact Ahuva directly. So whether that be through Facebook or Instagram, uh, please reach out to the experts when something like this is so stressful. Like, let's remove this from our plates. Let's not be stressed about it anymore. Um, and let's get some help because there are people out there who want to help and make meal t- meal times less stressful. Definitely. That's awesome. what I'm here for. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I can't thank you enough for all your time that you spent with us two episodes now. Um, and I'm excited to see, 
uh, when parents reach out to you and use these tips and tell you how they worked. Me as well. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening. I really hope you enjoyed it. Now, if you're hooked, you can subscribe to this podcast, follow along on social media at The Mama Stories, or visit the website, mamastories.com. And mamas, I love you.